Welcome to Season of the Bitch, the leftist podcast that knows worker-owned businesses do it better. Today we have Julia, Zoe, Bianca, and Laura. And this week we're joined by the founders of Peep Me, who are building the first worker-owned cooperative platform for adult content. So why don't we start out just by having you each introduce yourselves for the listeners and maybe share a little about what brought you to this project. And your astrology sign, if you'd like. Hi, I'm Donia. Uh, my pronouns are she, her, and mix. Um, I'm the one of the original co-founders. Uh of peep me and my astrology sign is cancer um Same. <laughs> what uh what brought me to this project uh i've worked in the adult entertainment industry for almost 18 years now and although i've engaged in some forms of erotic labor i've been mostly comfortable with the term sex work adjacent so a lot of my work has been done behind the curtain um, either doing direct services to sexy workers in the industry, um, with business consulting, um, safety and security, utilizing and utilizing, uh, online tools for safety purposes. Um, and then I went on to consult like mid-sized, uh, brands and spent the last year, uh, as the director of customer service sales and compliance for a mid-sized global adult brands. Um, during my time behind the curtain, I sort of got this kind of insider look at how owner operators and management sort of make these kind of top level decisions with very little regard for um, the people that it impacts for their community that they claim to serve. So um, a few years <clears throat> into my last job, the owner had kind of casually uh in in passing like really casually it's just like oh you know i'm going to retire someday and i'm going to sell the company to you and um that my involuntary reaction that like kind of formed up in my whole body was how am i going to give it to the community it was just instantaneously and started thinking like what what steps could i take to give this resource over to the community and at the time i wasn't really using the term cooperative or anything like that. I just knew that this was a valuable resources and that our community needed to have more of a voice and they needed to benefit the most from the profits. So um, continued like along and then during COVID found myself gainfully unemployed and felt like, you know what, in the middle of the strictest lockdown in the world in Spain, <laughs> uh, alienated from all my friends and family. I thought, wow, now is a good time. <laughs> now is the perfect time to kind of do this. So um, I got a bunch of my friends together, one of my best friends who is also one of the co-founders. And we just, we decided that we would, you know, take, you know, try to create like a, um, a cooperative alternative to OnlyFans basically is what we wanted to do. I still didn't have that particular language at the time and had, uh, I saw the, sh the documentary, uh, The Social Dilemma, 
and it was a Netflix documentary. Um, and there was a, one of the people who were, who was speaking in the documentary, I think his name was Tristian Harris. I want to say, uh, I was just really taken by what he was saying and he was a, a former Google design ethicist. So I started following him on Twitter and he posted this thing called, he posted this thing about exit to community. And I was like, Whoa, that sounds really interesting. What is that? So I totally went down the rabbit hole and learned about platform cooperativism. And I was like, this is it. This is what, this is what we want to do. So that's why that's I'm here. So cool. <laughs> that's a, this is it. This is the, these are the words. And it's funny because I worked at a, I worked at a food co-op in Seattle a long time ago. Right. But still didn't even think that you could apply those same principles to a technology platform. And so but you can. And so here, here we are. That's, thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> thank you. Amazing. My name's Summer. Um, my pronouns are she, her, and I am a cam worker. Um, I started camming like six years ago now, I think, uh, when I was in college and I had a professor who was a former escort who I really hit it off with. We had a lot to talk about. And, um, that's how I found Strippers United, which uh, because we like followed Strippers United on Twitter and we were like, this is so cool what they're doing, trying to unionize strippers in clubs. Um, and so I decided to get involved that way. And that was like, I think two years ago now. So, um, and I basically would just like rant and rant about how messed up these campsites were that we were working on. Um, and I've been thinking for a really long time that something needs to change, but not in the sense that uh, other cam models have tried to change them. Like you see a lot of um, former cam models starting their own websites, thinking that's gonna fix the problem, um, but that they just end up being like the boss of everyone and profiting off of other sex workers, which is not a solution to any of the problems that we're having. So um, yeah, so I just started talking about it to everyone. Um, and then eventually Peep found us, Donia found us and our visions aligned. And it was like literally a dream come true. I couldn't believe that I was meeting someone who had been thinking the same thing from a totally different side of that industry. And um, yeah, and that's that's pretty much how I got here. <laughs> um, Selena, go ahead. Wait, Summer, did you say your sign? Oh, my sign, I'm an Aquarius. Hell yeah. <laughs> Little social hey, justice warrior. <laughs> Thank you, Selena, for making sure the important information was shared. I'm glad the I got most important. For my <laughs> um, so my name is Selena. I go by Fayfair pronouns. Uh, I am a sex worker, a writer, and an activist. I'm the president of uh, Strippers United which is a coalition of strippers working together to advocate for better working conditions. Um, because right now we do not have a safe or equitable work environment. And uh, there's a lot that needs to happen there. So we've been really consumed with, you know, how we approach the issue of workplace safety within brick and mortar spaces that are actually a lot harder to unionize because they are not worker owned. Um, they're owned by typically you know, a lot of times it's real estate, it's, uh, it could be private um, corporations, it could be massive franchises, it could also, um, I mean, it's like a variety of people who are not interested in the workers rising up 
and demanding certain rights. Um, and so that was, you know, something that was really difficult because a lot of um, strippers felt um, afraid to come together, afraid to talk about labor because uh, we're at will employees. Um, a lot of strippers are independent contractors rather than employees even. So even talking about unionizing, uh, you could just be fired and there would be uh, nothing that you could really do about it in certain states. Thankfully in California, we are employees so you can talk about it and have some labor protections. Um, but given all of that, we were like, what if there was a place where people could experience having workers' rights? <laughs> what if there was a place that we could just create where you're just given all of the things that you want from the beginning? Uh, and land is really expensive in California, which is where a lot of us are based. <laughs> so we were like, what if we didn't do land? What if we went to the internet? And um, and Summer had been talking for so long about how, you know, there needed to be a platform for us that was created by us that really advocated for us. And um, I think as the pandemic hit, we just kind of realized that there's no better time than now to try this crazy idea out. Um, there's no better time to to create something that we are cooperatively able to have a share of and make decisions about and where it's advocating for us and where the goal isn't necessarily profit for the company, but it's profit for everybody. It's wealth for everybody. It's um, making sure that if something doesn't feel right, that people feel like they have a say in it um, and feeling like it's a space that won't be gentrified and sold off to another company or some other entity. Um, and so that's whenever Pete Me reached out to us, we started a fundraiser to create um, our part of that. And Pete Me saw us and Donia was like, hey, like, have you considered uh, collaborating? Why don't we uh, use our synergy, our synergistic powers and create something together? Um, and they had the tech experience. They had um, somebody who's specifically worked around building banks and everything around uh like internet security and all of that. Um, they had like the, the specialty and like the back end of things. And uh, we had kind of the front end, we had the community who really wanted it. We have a pretty large following of sex workers of various different disciplines, not just strippers, um, who really have a united sense of community. So we kind of were like, well, we'll bring the people and you bring us <laughs> some of these like tech-sided resources and maybe we can create something beautiful together. That's amazing. Oh, and I'm a Scorpio. <laughs> amazing. We love to see it. <laughs> we do. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I wanted to talk a little bit more about um, what worker-owned models look like. And Donia, you mentioned kind of like not, not realizing before how that would work in like a technology um, kind of company. So I wanted to ask more about that and like why – y'all think this is a good model for, for that and for sex work specifically? So in regards to applying a cooperative model to a technology platform, uh, the way I see it working is we have very distinct stakeholder groups within, within this platform, right? So we have, we definitely want to make sure that workers are represented in the stakeholder groups, but more so 
Um, they are people who come on the platform to create content. And so they're there, are our creator stakeholders group. We also have a small stakeholder group of founders, right? So the people who kind of came on early, who right now, none of us are working for any type of pay. So we have a founder stakeholder group as well. Um, and although we haven't, so one of the, just to clarify, um, so we have these two organizations who have come together under kind of the singular umbrella to create this worker uh, creator platform cooperative for adult creators. Uh, and the peep part is to create the actual economic platform. So like, it'll be very similar to a fan site, very similar to only fans and strippers United um, as an organization of sex workers will be leading the cooperative design um, efforts. So that will include how the co-op is like the cooperative documentation, um, how voting works, um, how we do our payouts. And then they'll also be taking on the technology design because, you know, you have the economic platform, but then there's also a technology stack that you need to build to support um, a decentralized community, being able to participate in decision-making through voting and um, also how do we pay out surplus? Um, how do we make, how do we make surplus payments to our, to our members? So I, th I think like the way it works, I would say very similarly to a brick and mortar, uh, but that, you know, we're just, everything is done remotely <laughs> and virtually and digitally. Uh, and I'm really excited. Like, I feel like the technology for the economic platform is pretty straightforward, right? But where the real juiciness will come in is how are we going to utilize potentially resources that are already available um, out there or build our own to really support, you know, a sex worker in, um, Belgian or something to communicate, participate in elections along with a sex worker in Argentina, right? Like that's a really, to me, that's a really interesting um, uh, problem. <laughs> so I think it will, I hope I'm answering your question. Um, the reason I think that, uh, I think that worker cooperatives is something that I think could really change the adult industry, like I really see, a, and I think most of us agree, like if we can pull this off, which I, I, sorry, when we pull this off, we will have laid the foundation for the adult industry 2.0. Because right now, right, as in almost, yeah. as with, as with almost any, um, any kind of uh, platform available to us, like Patreon, Facebook, or anything, right? Like it's these executives at the top who are reaping the most benefits from the labor and content of their users. And in some cases, um, you know, we pay for it in da data, right? So in this case, what we want to do is we want to kind of flatten that structure, right? Like there definitely will be things where, uh, there's the day-to-day -day operations where um, only the worker stakeholders will probably be part of that. But when it comes to major decisions like publishing standards, like feature sets, um, uh, we want to find a way to get our community involved in those decisions. And we think we can, and we think our community, I think a lot of the pain points that this community has experienced for so long is that... Um, so for historically, or like in my experience, right, because uh, I don't want to speak for everybody, I'm just going to speak from my own experience as somebody who's lived through that like five epochs of sex work in the last 
you know, 18 years and the first epoch was Redbook shutting down and the second epoch was Rent Boy shutting down and the third epoch was FOSTA-SESTA, then Facebook and then COVID, right? And so and through each of these epochs, um, these managers and owners, I really feel like took advantage of their community. And instead of giving back or giving space, um, they um, extracted more. And uh, I want to change that paradigm. And I think sex workers want that paradigm changed. At least that's the feedback that I've been given, that we've been given, is that workers are ready to kind of rise up and seize the means of their production, right? Seize the means of production. So, um, and I think I see, (laughs) I see sex workers as a community of people who have historically created uh, incredible grassroots movements, especially like if we look at the mutual aid funds that have popped up, especially like within the last couple of years. So I think, I think um, what I love about this is that I think that we're going to be leaders in platform cooperativism. I think that we're going to do it successfully and that we're going to blueprint this process and that workers will workers and creators who come on our platform and sex workers that come on our, our platform will feel empowered by being able to participate in decision making. It'll be nice to get a profit sharing check and then they will demand it from every single play, every single other marketplace which in which they exist, right? But that also means they exist on marketplaces that that are outside of the sex work ecosystem. So what I hope is that we will be leaders here, that we will create an, like an adult industry 2.0, and then we will create a whole new system of how this can work. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's been a lot of uh, problems in the adult industry because there's a lack of ownership over the spaces by the workers. Um, there's a lack of say over certain image and likeness rights, um, depending on where you're hosting your things. Um, also there's typically like a really high cut that's taken, um, by whatever company, um, and there's not very much transparency about who it's going to, or who has final ownership, who you're talking to. Um, and there's not even a sense that people really genuinely care, um, about your interests at all. Um, and I think like just knowing that you have a say, you have a vote, um, and that you're the integral piece to this um, really will give the sex workers um, who are hoping to invite onto our platform like this sense that, you know, this is theirs and they do deserve autonomy. Um, I mean, there are definitely issues that we'll have to work out, especially because there's just like a lot of unknowns around it in a way, like a lot of um you know, what about whenever biases pop up in voting and things like that? It, it, it may depend on what it is or um, certain functionalities that may be ableist and we don't even realize it. Like there's, but because we're paying attention to that and because the focus is on the sex workers um, at all levels of the strata, the hierarchy um, and all levels of accessibility and uh, within their intersect intersexual intersectional intersexual (laughs) identities um it's just going to you know make it a much more inviting place for a variety of people to feel like it is for them hell yeah yeah i love that i wanted to ask about um donia you alluded to this a little bit but it definitely feels like there's been 
this increasing trend over the last several years of increasing limitations on online sex work, um, especially after the passage of FOSTA-SESTA in 2018. We saw like Craigslist took down its personals page, Tumblr removed adult content. And of course, recently there was the whole thing with OnlyFans, which is for anyone who maybe doesn't know, a platform that is really primarily known for erotica and pornography announced it would ban explicit content before kind of going back on that. Um, But I'm just curious, like, where do y'all think the landscape of online sex work is heading? Like, where do you think things are sort of going from here? And where do you hope Peep Me will fit into that? And like, how might it be able to challenge some of those things? So in relationship, in relation to the legal and regulatory environment of sex work, you know, as a whole, the U.S. has some of the strictest criminal laws against um, solicitation, right, in, in, in person works. Um, as a result of that, we chose to start with um, uh, digital work. Uh, in the United States, currently, uh, pornography is legal on a federal level. Right. But just because it's legal on a federal level doesn't mean that um, it, they're not trying to regulate it out of existence. And so, you know, our approach to that is we have we have a, a, an army of lawyers. I know this because we pay an army of funds for them and we have lawyers for very different aspects of things. And, you know, the thing, the regulation that I think is the most I mean, obviously, fosta is a, is a huge horrible piece of legislation but you know uh credit card processors actually have as much skin in the game as legislators do right and in some cases um are regulating online adult work more so than uh, than than regular legislation right mastercard just published their new processing rules for um adult websites in high risk um areas back in April. And, uh, you know, with, with, with the, I think it was Pornhub, you know, lost their, I think lost their processing for a little bit. Um, that it's the processors that have a lot of power here and are really heavy handed with surveillance. And so our approach is to follow, is to follow the rules and implement the things we need to implement to follow those rules. And, Our hope is that we'll get to a place financially as a company where we will then get to utilize and harness our resources to go fight for the kind of regulation that we want, which is decriminalization, like across the board, right? Um, uh, That's our our dream. That's where we'd like to go. And I feel like that's where Peep, Peep Me fits into it is with this, you know, we want to, this is like, the online platform is like the guinea pig for the platform cooperative. And of course, our hope is that we get wildly huge. We have bunches of service that we can pay out to our stakeholders. And part of what's codified into our operating agreements is um, that we tithe before we give out anything to anybody, right? Before we distribute any kind of surplus, we tithe 10%, right? And with that 10%, we'll be able to support um, sex worker-led nonprofit organizations. With that 10%, we might even be able to go and lobby, right? Um, Additionally, that's also codified into our operating is that we also hold back 30% to reinvest into the platform. 
our hope is that we'd get to use some of that money to go and fight the good fight. And um, so that's sort of where I see Pete me fitting into all of this. So I think that for a long time, the industry was um, like, you okay, so it started off that you could make a lot more money. Like porn used to cost a lot of money, a lot, or it used to pay out a lot more money. But over time, that number has diminished a lot. Um, and, you know, whenever you sell off, whenever you were selling off that kind of content, it was like you're getting paid a lump sum of money um, for like uh, the indefinite usage and, and rights to the whatever media that was created. So you're just getting paid for that. You're not getting residuals um, and you're not like necessarily having like any copyright rights to it. So a lot of people who were creating adult content in the old school way um, were super removed from it. And then they just found their images used in movies and in uh, like music videos, just like all blasted through popular culture and they don't, weren't getting notified of it. Um, One of my friends, like she found out that a poster of a porn video that she was in was um, was like photoshopped to be in a movie with Samuel L. Jackson, uh, and she had to watch oh, the movie wow. to find out that it was there. <laughs> uh, she also found out that her likeness was used in a horror movie. Um, it like it was used in a poster that like fell out of a trailer or something, um, and so it was just so disconnected. Um, for her and she didn't get any revenue from that. She didn't get any credit even in either of the um, films where she was featured or her likeness was. Um, And I think the industry is thankfully shifting away from that. A big part of that was OnlyFans because creators could directly make their content and put it up and um, get paid directly for it by uh, the individual purchases of the movies or photos or uh, whatever else, um, even the talk time. So there's just more and more money is going directly into the pockets of creators. um, And they're starting to actually own their images. They're able to decide who they work with now in a more um, complete sense, because before it was you didn't have nearly as much say over who you worked with or things like that. I mean, you could negotiate a bit, but it was a lot more, it was a lot less like a, you didn't have as much individual agency in the way that things were created. Um, And so I see the industry becoming more and more individualized. um, But also I see, you know, people demanding more and more that they keep the money that they earn, um, that they are giving less to whatever entities. Um, And also I think that they, will want to have a say. Like, I think that they'll want to make adjustments to things. And, you know, there's going to be more and more competition as far as the features go with these sites, because we're not even the only ones in the game who are trying to revolutionize, like, what OnlyFans kind of... I don't want to say they started, because they didn't exactly start. The fan site has kind of been around for a while. Um, I mean, there was Patreon before that. And Patreon used to be for porn until it gentrified away from it. So let's not forget. Um, but, you know, I think that there are other 
porn sites or other adult content creating sites that are popping up that are trying to have more of an ethical mindset are trying to be like, this is about sex work. Um, one wanted to collaborate with Strippers United, but we were skeptical because it wasn't a team of sex workers creating it. Um, but they wanted to focus on, on the charity element. They wanted to focus on giving back to the community. They wanted to focus on sex workers having a greater say. And I think that we have a growing amount of um, clout and visibility uh, in our marketplace that we didn't have before. Um, and so I think that as that grows, um, these companies are paying attention to it. And I think that the, the country or well, the United States, I will speak for, um, while on a policy level, we may be really far behind. I think within the popular consciousness, there has been a major shift. I mean, I've honestly been surprised to hear how many news outlets are just broadly using sex work the term in, in coverage about us, about like across industries, like that's totally new. Before it used to just be prostitution or some kind of pun, punny, you know, getting naked for whatever. I don't know. <laughs> you know, all of Some the bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It used to be very pithy, very dismissive, but now the, the, the words of our labor movement are becoming part of the popular consciousness. Just speaking from my experience as a cam model, I'm part of like a discord thread of like other models that I work with. And um, I just wanted to add that like what I'm really seeing is also a, a lean towards like almost more risky ways of taking payment independently. Um, I see conversations every single day um, calling out the site that I work on literally being like, I don't want to work here anymore. You don't care about us. And you're taking all this money and giving nothing back, like literally tagging support people in air quotes, um, hoping that they'll take notice and care. And I don't see them caring. They don't feel threatened as of now. Um, but what's also happening, it has been happening for a long time, which is the same, th same thing you've seen in like, in like pornography going into like basically everyone everyone has basically become their own porn producer and writer and director and, and the, the talent themselves, like people have started to do it independently because that they don't have to give that cut, that they don't have to follow whatever guidelines that that set has established for the day or whatever. But like the same thing is happening with online sex workers. And, and I, I, I'm also worried about it because I see a lot of people being like, sure, I'll take Venmo. Sure. I'll take PayPal. PayPal is, known for hating sex workers um, and sex workers are just doing anything they can to hold on to their cash. I mean, there are some platforms that like Streammate, I don't work there. I'll just call them out. They take like 70%, I think it is, of what performers earn on there, which is absolutely bonkers. <laughs> um, and, and, these, and these sites don't provide anything in return. Like Supposedly, you can message someone from support. Um, you get nowhere. They don't really care. They're much more concerned about what the customer has experienced. Um, if you're working on Night Flirt, like Night Flirt will, I'm kind of going off on a tangent, but Night Flirt will always, it's always the customer is always right. Um, even if that's like a case of, you know, abuse or uh, disrespecting your boundaries or whatever. But, but I'm seeing 
cam models get especially fed up and turning to solutions that aren't great, um, like Venmo or Cash App. Cash App, I think, tends to be a little better. But yeah, like I'm still seeing PayPal. And I learned that lesson quick when I first started. Like I immediately had my account shut down. So um, it's also putting their, them at risk, like their income at risk, because they're so tired of dealing with these platforms. I'm kind of on a different note now, but anyway, okay. Um, no, that's, I mean, that's so true. I mean, I guess the big problem is that we are like such a large group of people who are constantly unbanked, uh, forcibly unbanked. Um, our accounts are suspended, our money, uh, it, our funds are frozen um, or seized for whatever criminal things for investigation. Um you know, we're constantly pushed out of the money marketplace. And, you know, I think that as more people really turn to this as a form of income, I mean, we saw it, you know, in such a massive way during the pandemic. And I mean, we're still in the middle of the pandemic, but during the earlier days when we were all quarantining, um, you know, sex work is one of those venues for work that, you know, has a pretty, a uh, low bar for accessibility. You can do it remotely. You can do it from your home. You can do it with a minimal amount of equipment. Um, it may not be huge money, but it may be enough to provide dinner. It can provide, you know, maybe a place to sleep. It just, it depends on everybody's level of earnings. But as our economy, <laughs> and maybe this is like really macro, but like as we start automating out a lot of other jobs, there are certain jobs like service or like and sensual labor, um, things like this that will continue on because it, it's, you know, we can say that robots and animation sex will take over, but I don't think so. Um, <laughs> these will still be viable jobs and people will still really need them, if not more than they do now. And not having the ability to bank will become something that people really rebel against, I think. I think that it's just really necessary for us to be able to put our money somewhere, to be able to access our funds and to earn money and to have payment processors that actually protect us and that actually work for us. Um, and as people want to move to be more independent of the of certain sites that take a, a huge share or are not, you know, advocating for us or are not fair to us. And I, I think a lot of people do just want to take direct payments. Um, I think that the issue of banking will become bigger in people's minds. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, while we've been doing this, uh, we have another person from the Peep Me crew who was able to join us. Um, so welcome, Jade. Uh, we would Hello. love to have you introduce yourself um, for the listeners and share a bit about what brought you to this project and, and what piece you hold in the project. Hello, I'm Jade Rules, and I'm the COO of Peep Me. I came to this project last year, right at the beginning of the pandemic, when Donia reached out to me and presented an idea that she was toying with. Uh, Donia is one of my oldest and best friends, and anything that she would wanted to talk to me about, I was pretty enthusiastic, but actually it just really fits with my core values and also my life experience. I really think that the intersectional identities of sex workers really needs to be elevated and, and 
in, you know, in many ways, I, I think that fundamentally we would do better if we just decriminalize sex work across the board. Um, Peep Me has been uh, a real inspirational force for me over the last year and a half, and I'm excited to see us start to get some momentum and to start to get our, our message out there. And yeah, that's it. I'm, I'm really loving it. We're, we're doing really well right now. Amazing. Thank you. Um, and so you'll probably hear Jade um, jumping in now throughout the, the rest of the conversation, but we didn't want there just to be another voice in the mix without um, introducing her. So um, the next question kind of switches gears slightly, but is still obviously on the same topic. Um, I used to run a sex positive art account um, that was basically like psychedelics collaged nudes that were um, within the bounds of uh, Instagram's archaic laws, and yet my entire account was shut down, um, and I lost a platform to share my art. And I see this like with a lot of sex workers who ha work with Instagram as well. And I guess I'm wondering if you think there's a place for sex positive art, um, or sorry, sex positive or art that is sexual to transfer onto sites like yours, or if you have any ideas how to like combat these homophobic and puritanical rules that are on these apps that the majority of people are using? Um, I mean, I think that we've already sort of touched on this in, in talking about how we do have to comply with U.S. law. We will always have to comply with that, the laws of the U.S. and also with the terms of service of our processors. But we would also like to encourage people to reach out and ask us questions. And we'd like to be as transparent as possible with our restrictions. And we just want everyone to know fundamentally that we are on their side of free expression, but that there will be certain aspects that I'm sure that we will have to limit it as with all of our content. But definitely, I think uh, all sex work is real work. So artwork that's sexual is is definitely real work and has a place with Peep Me. In regard to in regards to uh, platforms like Instagram, um, again, I'm going to bring it back to processing rules. So there's a there's a a line that a platform crosses where they go from low risk processing to high risk processing, and that line is adult content. Right. And as soon as they start crossing that line, their processors are going to come to them and, and tell them, now you're in high risk. Now we want more money. Right. Across the board. That's what's happening at these at these. Um, I mean, other than like for moral reasons that the that most of these vanilla platforms like Zoom, like Tumblr, like Instagram, um, not so much with Twitter, actually, but uh, I guess in some ways with Twitter. But even with like the recent OnlyFans um, debacle where they blamed processing rules for the reason they wanted to get rid of pornography on their platforms. Um, there's low risk processing and there's high risk processing and high risk because as soon as you start doing um, obscene, like obscene, um, aggressive nudity on your platform, that's when it crosses that line. And so I think that it's really a result of that. That's really one of the, I think, from a business case, from being behind the scenes, like to like, I'm just like answering on behalf for having the experience of being behind the curtain is um, 
it's a business use case, right? Like Can when you, you explain what you mean by processing a little bit. Sorry. Oh yeah. So processing, I mean, credit card processing, right? So platforms okay. like, right. And, and not only that, like it, because platforms like Instagram, um, they have processing, right? Patreon has processing, uh, Facebook has processing, um, even though they're not taking payment, like for a platform like Facebook or a platform like Instagram, we're not paying to use it, but their advertisers are paying for ads on those sites. Right. And, um, so not only do they probably want to attract, you know, ad buys and things like that, but if they want to maintain low risk processing, they have to police adult content on their site. And I think this is really one of the reasons that, um, we see uh, creators of adult content get booted from these sites. Um, I got booted from, uh, I've been booted from PayPal. I've been booted from Airbnb, all for identifying a sex work adjacent. And I, I think it really comes down to processing less like banking discrimination. And it's hard. It's, it's, they, I mean, the most of the publishing standards for an adult content site, um, the, 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 the federal law is pretty straightforward, right? Like don't allow kids on the site. That's nobody wants kids on the site, right? So that's pretty straightforward. You have to be there consensually. That's that's somewhat straightforward. But where it gets really into the deep, into the minutiae, the processing regulations are uh, no hardcore BDSM, no fisting, no squirting, no blood, no scat, right? Like they're the, it's like the laundry list of things that they don't want to see. And then there's the laundry list of words, um, some which makes sense. And some you're like, really? Um, but these are, this is the, this is the dance that people are doing is uh, I think in my, from my opinion is really with these processors. And so, um, because these large platforms are really catering to a vanilla market, right? Most of their TOS and most of their publishing standards are really catered to support that and get rid of pornography, right? And the th and it's horrible. That's It's horrible, right? Because I think sex workers need to be in these spaces. We need to be in Instagram. We need to be in Twitter because we should be there. We're, we built the internet. Sex workers built the internet. You know what I mean? Like we wouldn't have the modern day internet if it wasn't for porn, you know? And not only that is that um, it normalizes sex work as work, right? And that's not, that's not a um, celebration of work. <laughs> it's a celebration of sex and a critique of work, but. Exactly. <laughs> um, but with Pete Me, the thing is, is everything that we do, right? from our processing to our publishing to everything is all uh, custom designed for sex workers, right? Like we're not going to go, there's not going to be any uh, anxiety about, are they going to boot me off because we're going to be catering to vanilla workers, like the pivot that only fans did like in the last five years, right? They were exclude, like they were built on the backs of sex workers and then made a huge pivot, a marketing pivot about five years ago where they started Kate, where they started like yoga instructors and magicians and sports stars. Right. And what that did is it creates anxiety for sex workers because they know they've been here before. Right. They know what happens, right. You start catering publishing standards, processing standards, all towards the vanilla market, which by design are meant to push pornography off the site. And even though OnlyFans has walked back on, no, we're not going to kick you off. 
what they will probably do is regulate it out of existence on their platform. <laughs> you know what I mean? They'll, it'll start with little things like you can't do this, you can't do this, and they won't tell anybody. So people who do this certain thing will be booted and they won't even know why. Um, yeah, it's really processing is banking regulation is really horrible. It's horrible. Yeah, it's definitely. I think a question I had was I think like a concern that a lot of sex workers have revolves around security or preserving some sense of anonymity. Like they are concerned about like getting doxxed, having their addresses, legal names, details about their personal lives, et cetera, being revealed. And I think that concern is elevated when like they are using platforms that are very opaque and like are not advocating for them. So, so I was wondering like if you had any thoughts about how this like platform cooperative structure that you have basically allows sex workers to like maintain some level of like agency, but also like, you know, security and anonymity, if that's what they desire. I mean, I feel like that's a bit of a tricky question um, because if there's one thing we are learning about the internet across uh, all platforms of all kinds, whether it be Bank of America or Google or a sex work platform, it's that cybersecurity is a bit elusive right now. <laughs> um, there is always a chance that your data is going to be taken by some like hostile entity. Um, that's the nature of the internet right now. And I think we're all grappling with the question of how we um, facilitate online security as the internet changes, um, as hacking becomes more and more intelligent and capable of doing all kinds of things like, you know, shutting down pipelines and uh, redirecting traffic things and just all of the craziness that is happening or all of the wild stuff that's happening. Sorry to use that language. Um, so I think that, you know, for us, our goal is to make sure that people, that we have like a degree of separation from people's personal information um, I, I know Donia can explain this better, um, but also to, you know, listen whenever um, people are noting something that is dangerous and, and doing what we can to, you know, troubleshoot these problems as they arise, because the problems will change as the landscape changes. So our um, CTO is uh he's kind of a titan and dinosaur of the industry he like he worked on netscape <laughs> if anybody here even remembers what that is um but one of his uh i think one of his expert areas is like privacy by design and um he has built a couple of online banks. He's built a couple of brick and mortar banks. And his approach to this product and project is very much like bank building. Um, will be, he could probably explain the terminology better than I am, but I'm gonna try. So bear with me. Um, we'll be using, we'll be uh, tokenizing identity. So federating, um, which means uh, there'll be a service where, because you know we have to, Due to for compliance and regulatory and compliance purposes, we do have to um, we do have to take IDs for all the creators on the site, right? Because we have to get consent, especially now with these new with Mastercard's new banking laws. We definitely have to um, identify the people who will be producing content. We have to get consent um, from them. Every 
piece of content that they upload. If there's anybody else in it, we have to have consent forms for everybody involved. So identity is part of that. And so uh, privacy by design means that we'll be really delicate with that information, with how it is exchanged. Only certain people will have access. And um, there will be a very definitive separation between the identity that you use to get paid out um, and to do your KYC, which is know your customer, um, and the persona you are on the site, right? It'll be tokenized. So, you know, they'll do the KYC and all of the tax forms and all of the things over here. And then we'll get like an anonymous token um, that will be able to interact with the rest of the parts of the platform um, that will, for all intents and purposes, remain pretty anonymous to almost everybody uh, on the back end who interfaces with the site. Uh, that's something that's super important to me as somebody who is <clears throat> comes from a compliance background and comp like currently works in a job where uh, like I'm the compliance support supervisor. So um, KYC is kind of my area of expertise and regulation around that. So, and, but I also understand like specifically for sex workers, it's really like one of the most delicate pieces of information we'll be holding. Right. So we, I think one of the reasons it's taken us so long and it will take us even longer to get launched is because we are laser focused on those types of concerns. Like privacy is really important to us, data handling, GDPR, the privacy laws in California, the new laws that are popping up all over the U.S. So, um, yeah. The more I'm learning, the more I'm like, oh, there's so many different regulations that need to be considered from like security to like banking law. I'm in law school right now and I'm like, I just started and I'm just like, there's everything is complicated so the legal and regulatory yeah. minutiae of an adult site is suffocating right it's yeah. suffocating that's why it's really one of the reasons like we won't be launching as a cooperative because a lot of the will be exiting to co a cooperative will be exiting to community because the one thing that's super important to us is that all of this legal and regulatory minutiae has a super strong foundation. So by the time we're handing it off to mm -hmm. the community, there's resources in place to address that because it's constantly changing as well, right? Like yearly, mm -hmm. monthly, it's changing. Um, and it's, it's a nightmare. But the other thing too that I think is important is that we'll be transparent about the data that we're going to ask to collect and how that data will be used. Um, we'll pretty, we'll probably have, we'll, we will have strict um, policy around sharing data. We won't be selling data. We won't be sharing data. We will only be using the, the most minimum amount of data it takes to process the things we need to process um, from a business standpoint. So. Yeah, totally. Um, so we're coming to the end of our time with y'all, sadly, but um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to ask if there's anything else that y'all wanted to share that you didn't get to talk about yet. Um, and also if you could share how listeners can get connected with your work, um, both peep me and if you want to share like other, any other sites you would like people to connect with you on. I apologize for coming in so late to this, but I'm not sure if we've really touched on the fact that we've as, at peep. Um, peep me, we've legally bound ourselves to designing the platform to remain exclusively for sex workers. Like there will not be a point of transition to another type of platform. Was that covered already? No, thank no, you. No, we didn't talk about that. That's okay. that's really good to know. Thanks. I, I we think also won't is... ever be able to sell like legally. Won't like I the site I work on has had four different owners. <laughs> it's traded all the time, and that's really important to us. That you know 
first of all, there's transparency, but most of the time we don't even know when the site that we're working on changes hands. And so I know that that's going to be really appealing to workers. Um, the thing I would love your listeners to know is that we just launched our funding campaign. Um, we've decidedly, uh, we've just, we've decided very specifically not to pursue traditional investment because it's extractive and we become beholden to investors instead of to our stakeholders. Um, we are fortunate to have gotten um, fiscal sponsorship through Fractured Atlas, which is one of the largest arts organizations in the US. And we recently launched our funding campaign and we have aggressive funding goals, um, pretty much as aggressive as the, the dream that we're trying to create. And so um, if anybody out there, uh, we will take your money. And uh, because it's through Fractured Atlas, it is considered a tax write-off. Um, we're looking to raise around 650000 and we've done about 60000 so far. And so we have a little ways to go yet. Uh, and uh, you can get to our link you know, through our website at peep.me. Um, or through our blog at blog.peep.me, or if you just Google fractured Atlas peep me, it'll, our funding page will show up and, um, we, we, we were, we would be happy and blessed to take your money. (laughs) Uh, if you want to get involved, um, anybody who's a creator or a fan or anybody really, you can pre we have pre signups available where you can reserve your name. It also puts you on your, our mailing list and we'll be hosting, um, some virtual town halls throughout the next few months. We're going to try to do one or two monthly for the general public, as well as smaller, more curated um, uh, virtual events with us. Um, and you can follow us on Twitter at peep.me or on Instagram at peep.me. Does anybody else have anything? <laughs> um, if you're interested in following the work of Strippers United, uh, you can follow us at soldiers underscore of underscore poll underscore uh, check out our work. That's our old name. We recently changed the name just for clarification. Awesome. Well, thank you all so much for joining us. This was so informative and it's really, really amazing to hear what you all are working on. Um, I'm really excited to for it to become a real thing in the world. Um, and yeah, very excited to continue supporting your work. Yeah, thanks, y'all. Thank you. This is really awesome. Thank you for inviting us to your show. This was awesome. Well, that was our episode. Thanks so much for listening. Um, After you have given your money to peep.me, you can send us some money as well on Patreon at patreon.com slash season of the bitch. If you do that, you can join our discord and talk to all of the amazing folks there. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at season of the bee send us an email at seasonofthebee at gmail.com. You can visit our website, seasonofthebee.com and rate, review, subscribe on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you are listening to us right at this very moment. Um, Please only give us nice reviews. That is what we're here for. Thank (laughs) you. Please. Five stars only. We need them. Okay. Okay. Um, We're delicate people right now, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Love Love you all. Love you. Bye. Bye.